From the PSA, ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Great topic for you today, response to criticism with Lynn Hasday. Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks for having me, George. Now, Lynn is working on her Rocky Mountain Trainer Certification, and this is the program she's putting together for her clinic. Um, what, how did you come up with this topic? I love it. Uh, thanks. I was talking to another candidate last year. We were both unsuccessful, and I was listening to this candidate just make excuses about why the person wasn't successful and what happened and why it was unfair. And I started to get really interested and look into it. I've been reading a lot about mindset and self-awareness. And I decided to do some more research and see if I could put something together to make everything make sense and to help us get better. Now, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about this because, I mean, we receive criticism from so many places. Um, How do we respond to that? And how are you putting this together? There are a few different ways we respond, and I put it together based on Mark Murphy's theory about how we respond to criticism, and he he has this company called Leadership IQ. He's this cool guy. He writes for the New York Times. He writes for Forbes. He does seminars, webinars, and basically, I put together some of his information, some information from a few other places, and came up with the four main ways that we generally respond to feedback, and those ways are the internalizer, blamer, defender, and feedback seeker. Well, let's go through each one of those. And before we start, uh, are these dependent on the type of criticism we receive? Uh, And by that, I mean constructive or just, you know, I'm just going to (laughs) criticize. That's totally the key to this. The way we respond sometimes depends on what kind of feedback we're receiving, what we're doing or what sport we're doing, how the person gives us the feedback. There are a lot of factors, and we can actually flow through this whole model and not just sit in one area, even though ideally we may like to. All right. Well, let's start with the internalizer. So the internalizer beats themselves up internally. That's where we get the name. And sometimes they beat themselves up so much that they don't really focus on the big picture or focus on anything. They're so focused on the detail that they failed and not on the actual feedback. They generally have a low self-efficacy. And there are a few ways we can work with internalizers. We can focus on their accomplishments and build their skills. We can encourage them to write things down. When I am unsuccessful at something, for example, at an exam, I write down every word that the examiner says for feedback because I know I'm not focusing on it. I know I'm an internalizer at that point, but I know I'll also want the feedback later. It's also really helpful to do video while you're giving the feedback so internalizers can see what's going really well, and then they can build on that to help increase their self-efficacy. Basically, we want to help internalizers be okay with where they're at and know that it's okay to not be where you'd like to be yet. Now, Lynn, this is really making me think of me um, because I'm not just an internalizer the way you're describing, but I'm an internalizer criticizee. I can just rip myself apart and uh, then internalize the own, own the uh, criticism I've given to myself. 
I completely understand where you're coming from, George. I am too. And what's really helped me is focusing on the fact it's okay to be where you're at. And maybe instead of focusing on the criticism, focus on what you can do to be better. It's like when you're riding trees or skiing trees and everyone says, don't look at the tree, you look right at the tree. (laughs) But if you say, look at the space where you want to go or look at the positive thing that you'd like to do, that can help us work towards being better. Does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Thank you. And let's move on now to the blamer. Sure. The blamers are next. The blamers like to make excuses. It's not their fault. It's the snow snake got them. Their snowboard hurt. Their goggles hurt. They didn't have enough lunch. They had too much lunch. Basically, they shift the blame to others. They think criticism is unfair and they take it really personally. And they want to justify failures to everyone and make themselves seem like the victim. Our goal is to teach the blamers to actively listen and learn. And we can do this by complimenting them and building on what's happening, getting them to ask specific questions, and being really specific and giving objective feedback to them so they can work on improving and so they don't have a place to make excuses. And we're just encouraging them to actively listen and learn. Now, how about the defender? So (laughs) the defender is kind of the know-it-all. They're always correct, basically. They might argue verbally. They think any feedback or criticism is misguided, and they don't really care about it. They're just going to drop it because they know it all. And we want to work with them by helping them learn to drop their ego and knowing it's okay to learn more. So the way we can do that is we can steer ride more and talk less, and we can make them ask the questions and challenging their limits and pushing their boundaries is huge. And that's going to cause them to ask the questions and allow them to be able to drop their ego so they can improve. Now, before we move on to the top of the pyramid, which seems a a bit more constructive, um, how do we identify these, these folks? Uh, Because you're going to see this in classes that you teach, in clinics that you lead. Uh, How do we quickly pick up on this and address each person? You're giving us some skills on how to address these. So as far as the defender goes, have you ever had someone in your clinic you just really couldn't get something across to or someone who you've been in a clinic with or a student and you just can't get the point across? no matter what you say or do? No, absolutely. And I almost feel like sometimes the questions are, that they may be asking are, are there to um, delay them having to do what you're talking about because the question kind of shows me that they're getting it, but they really don't want to put themselves out there. Does that make they sense? think they're already correct. They'll just, they keep doing what they're doing the way they're doing it, and they just kind of ignore the feedback because they know it all and they're kind of above it. Absolutely. And what I'm seeing here is that uh, then we have to have the correct response to that person because uh, then we can get frustrated and, and start coming back with our defensive response. That's where we encourage them to ask questions through riding and challenging their limits and pushing their boundaries, we can encourage them to want to learn more. And by doing that, they acknowledge that they don't know it all and they begin to drop their ego and then we can help them get better from there. 
Let's go into the blamer. How do I pick up on that person? (laughs) Sure. So a few weeks ago, I had a student. I teach her maybe every other week throughout the season, and we do a half-day PM lesson. And the first half of the lesson is awesome. She improves a ton. But then the second half of the lesson, when she starts to get tired, she starts to blame and make excuses. She tells me that ever since I started this lesson, I can't snowboard anymore, but she's only snowboarded in lessons and she's only gotten better and better and better. So I work on building on what she's doing really well rather than focusing on the blame and encourage her to focus on one specific skill. For example, shifting weight to the nose of her board as she starts making turns. By kind of shifting the viewpoint like that and building on something that she can do one small skill and building on it little by little, it allows her to begin to actively listen and begins to learn because she's only focusing on one thing at the moment. And how do we pick up on the internalizer, which seems to me like it could be the most difficult to pick up on of all? It's a little harder to pick up on the internalizer. It's more based on body language and based on your personal emotional intelligence, which we've all been working on recently. Since they beat themselves up internally and they seem okay on the outside, it's important to focus on how they're performing and how they're verbally responding to you. If they seem kind of a little bit disconnected, but also engaged at the same time, that could be a way. If they suddenly get really quiet, that's another way. If they suddenly stop doing some movements on the snow that they were doing, that might be another way to identify them too. And now the fourth, the feedback seeker. So the fourth way people respond to criticism or feedback is the feedback seeker. And this is ideally where we all want to be. We want to do whatever we can to be better. And basically, the way you work with a feedback seeker is with radical candor. You show you care and be direct. You give specific, objective feedback, encourage them to ask questions and learn, and just help them get where they want to be. And basically, the feedback seeker is okay with where they're at. They are willing to actively listen and learn, and they've already dropped their ego, which allows them to work towards being better. Now, how can we work on these responses to criticism to make ourselves better? We can work on these responses and making ourselves better by a first self-awareness, being aware of where we are, and being open to listening and learning, and be willing to learn from anyone or anything. It's okay if you're not where you want to be. Ask questions and work towards being better. Pick a person that you emulate or a skill that you'd like to learn better. And focus on the things you can do to make yourself better at that, whether it's learning from someone else, listening to someone, watching someone. And if you happen to fall into a blamer or internalizer or defender categories, it's okay to be there. And it's important to be aware of what you can do to help yourself work towards being a feedback seeker to get better. I'm just really drawn to this topic because I I notice it so much at the end of races that I compete in or even direct is that you hear people come up to the person who won or passed their exam uh, that, again, just with all these things that happened during the, the race where you're like, you know, 
I got stopped by that road construction too, or yep, the dogs came out at me in this <laughs> this section. But um, I, I've really worked so hard to go into an event where I'm extremely prepared, um, where I could do the absolute best I could, and then if you beat me or I don't pass. You know, I still gave it the best I had, and there are no excuses for me to make. You're right. There aren't excuses, and that's where this model comes in, and that's how we respond. That's why it's important how we respond to criticism. We can either focus on what's going on. We can just, like, get in our head and just kind of check out. We can blame it on people. We can think that they're all misguided and we're correct and they're wrong. Or we can do what we can to learn from who was successful or who was in charge of the results and the feedback. And we can ask whatever we can that made them successful or what we can do to be successful to make us better in the future. Lynn, is your work going to be published somewhere? Is it going to be posted online where uh, we can find it and uh, bring it in as a clinic for our staff? I can email the model to anybody who'd like it, or if you'd like, you can post it with the podcast. I am hoping to be able to submit an article with the model to the News Blast, and hopefully they'll deem it appropriate, and maybe it'll get published next season. And any specific thoughts you'd like to leave us with in conclusion? I'd just like to go back to the point you mentioned earlier about how we can move through any part of this model based on the situation, based on basically anything, who's giving the feedback, what the feedback is. It's really important to focus on working to be better, and we can work on that by learning more about emotional intelligence and self-awareness. And the more we do work on each of those, the better we get at them. We can improve through practice. And it's also important to recognize that it's okay to be anywhere in this model. And as we work towards being a feedback seeker in any specific situation, it's important to relate to our students, to instructors we train, to other instructors, to exam candidates, that these are the ways that we can work towards receiving feedback better. And when we receive feedback better, that will allow us to be more successful skill-wise and in the future in our certification and in our lessons. Lynn Hasday, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us about this great topic. Thank you so much, George. From the PSA, ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.